we want Auburn to add the most from the transfer portal? We'll tell you on today's Locked On Auburn. Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Joining me today, Daryl Daprich, the man, the myth, the legend. We're going to tell you who we want Auburn to go out and get in the transfer portal. Because there's been some late movement. It's like another wave of folks have kind of entered the portal throughout college football. And Daryl, I'm going to let you tee things off. Of all the players currently in the portal, who do you want Auburn to go get? Who's your number one on this list? Number one on this list is Montana Montana, Lamonius Craig. And see, I even struggle, but I love the name. Montana Lamonius Craig. I love the name. uh, But all seriousness, receiver, in my opinion, is an underrated area of need for Auburn. We focus on things like the quarterback. We focus on edge. Yeah. But res- the receiving room, although we've talked about it before, has has numbers, has good quantity. I want to see some quality. I want to see a guy that can line up opposite of Cam Brown and go downtown mm-hmm. that takes the lid off, that maybe as Cam Brown maybe starts to emerge like I think he will through the season, will keep people from shading that side of the field and open things up. And by the way, if you got guys on the outside and you got a guy that like like Lamonius Craig that can take the top off, what's that going to do for the seam and the middle of the field for Fairweather and Riley Ducker? I think it just all plays a key, key part, and it's not just the one position that he would be filling. It's what it does to strengthen the other areas of the field. Yeah, it would help Javarius Johnson or Coy Moore, whoever yeah. may be in the slot as well. So uh, I love all of that. He's on my list. He's farther down. But I like him from a fit standpoint more than some of these other wide receivers that we've offered and talked about so far. So I'm with you. He's on my list in the top five. But one thing I think is interesting in all of this is like as more and more information comes out about how Deion Sanders is handling this transfer portal window at Colorado, um, just because they're a Colorado player doesn't mean that he necessarily kicked them out. I mean, that is a mass exodus. Like there's a lot of people not happy from that situation. So I like it. And I like what he did in their spring game. So there's a lot to like about Montana, Lamonius, Craig. My number one player that I wish Auburn would just go out and snatch from the portal is Anthony Campbell, the defensive end slash outside linebacker. I think he'd be a jack guy for the Auburn Tigers if he were to commit. I love that he's played like 30 snaps last year at like six different positions. I love that because what I think Auburn is going to have to get on the defensive side of the ball unless somebody else comes out and enters the portal is is a depth piece. So go out and get a guy, Daryl, that could be a depth piece at like three different spots. And and to me, I think that's kind of what Auburn needs right now. I think their starters are good on the defense, especially in the front seven. They just need some guys that can kind of be pieces. And I think Anthony Campbell would help Auburn's floor uh, a ton on the defensive side of the ball. He almost made my list. You'll find out later on why he didn't. Um, It's kind of the same similar thinking that you have. I like the younger guys that have two or three years because you're not asking them to come in, like you said, and, and beat out McAllister or Falk right now. You want depth pieces. The reason, the only reason why Campbell, first of all, his body type, prototypical body type, my goodness, beast. I mean, just beast, man-child. Yeah. 
-hmm. I guess I got too enamored with the stats, which maybe isn't a good look for me, but I, I did. I, I wanted to see production. And so, you know, I, it's why he, all, he, he was on my list initially, right. and he got replaced by someone later that we'll talk about. All right. My number two, and I think it's your number two as well, Jaden Muskrat, the former Tulsa right tackle. He was a tackle opposite Dylan Wade. We've talked about Muskrat a ton, and it seems I'm a little surprised how long this has taken, actually, Daryl. And I don't know if we should be concerned at how long it's taken or if Auburn, you know, it seems like Auburn wants 16 scholarship offensive linemen. If they add one more, that would be the 16th. Did they offer him and say, hold on, let's see if we can get an Emmanuel Pregnon? which I was devastated, by the way, when Emmanuel Pregnon picked USC. Ruined my day, but it is what it is. Yeah. But, but I, I think Muskrat's a guy that, worst case, he's your third string tackle or your third tackle, your backup tackle if something happens to Dylan Wade or Gunnar Britton. And I think the upside is he starts at guard for you this year. Give me that every, every, every single day. That's the caveat as to why I had him, too. I wouldn't have him, too, if I solely thought he was going to be a depth piece or brought on to Auburn's roster to back up the tackles. I feel strongly that he could make the adjustment and the transition and play guard and beat out studs. I, I just feel that way. Or, you know, uh, Tate Johnson, whoever they felt like they were going to pencil in that other guard position. Or, or Jeremiah Wright. Well, yeah, I, I just – well, I'm just so high on Jeremiah Wright. He was the nastiest offensive lineman that played like a man – Last year, the only one we had that really got after it. And so yeah. I, I have an affinity for him and a, just a fondness. Um, so I just, you know, Connor Lou may emerge to play that other guard position. But I just really, really think that if he comes in, he can he can overtake uh, Stutz at guard. And that's why he's so high on my list. If it was just a depth piece, I don't – I think I'd have him lower. Yeah, I get that. I get that. And – I, one concern, I think, when you add players that have a chance to start after spring, it's, okay, can they learn the offense? Can they get acclimated? Well, this guy already played for Philip Montgomery, so exactly. I, I think it adds a little bit more sauce to that, too. Um, so hopefully that transitionary period would be a little bit quicker, a little more smooth, since Muskrat played at Tulsa under Montgomery. I like that aspect a lot, too. I do, too. I think that that's a great great point about the transition of going into somebody you've already you already know you're familiar with which terminology or blocking schemes or whatever and obviously Philip Montgomery knows him really well so you know us offering it, it bodes well for me trusting that process and yeah. thinking that he can play you know pretty early right right uh okay let's um I, we have different threes we have mm -hmm. different threes and so we will discuss who that is in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Daryl, I ordered the uh, the Built Puffs, the peanut butter puffs. They came mm. in this morning. They mm. came I in this morning. Yeah, I saw, you, I saw you flexing with that. It made my mouth water a little bit. Unbelievably good. Unbelievably good because the marshmallowy proteiny mix in the middle is peanut butter, and then they've got – 100% pure, decadent, delicious chocolate outside of it. And so it's like you're eating like a marshmallowy Reese's. Oh, it's, like, it's, oh. Good. it's good stuff. So head over to built.com. Check it out. I know that's a limited flavor. I'm sure they still have some left. There's a chance they sold that. I genuinely don't know. So head over to built.com and try it out. Use promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off your order. 
Daryl. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. My number three, if, if Auburn could just go out and pluck a guy from this list, my number three choice would be Montana, Lamonius, Craig. You already mentioned the why to that. But still, I just want to double down and say, the I, I think from a scheme and a fit standpoint, he makes more sense than the, the TCU kid that we talked about. And there's been a few other receivers that we've talked about throughout this this process. But also, you know, the, the TCU kid, I'm, for, I'm blanking on his name, Jordan, Jordan Hudson. Hudson. Jordan Hudson. Yeah. Um, Jeffrey Lee reported that he has canceled his visit that was happening this weekend. So maybe that forces, you know, Coach Freeze and Marcus Davis to say, hey, you're our dude. Like, what do we need? What do we need to get you on campus? So I think uh, I think it may make that recruitment a little bit more dire. Mm-hmm. And um, they're going to have to do whatever it takes to get them on here. I would say that the th- and you and Charlie Five talked about this a couple of days ago. It made a great point. I think his 395 receiving yards equates to a lot more in a, in a reputable program that can throw the football. So don't get so caught up in he only had almost 400 receiving yards last year. If there was a competent air attack, that he played for, you could double those numbers. And well, it's like it was like a seventh of their passing yards. Yeah, it's like a ratio type thing. We're grading yeah. on the curve, and so you know, I get it. Auburn's passing game isn't elite, but if with Montgomery and Hugh Freeze, I, I, I expect that to improve. And I just like his ability to take the top off, and I think he tr- he translates to a lot more receiving yards he got at Colorado. Yeah. Big play guy, 6'1", 185, Get him on the outside, and like we already talked about opens up the field for other skill positions. Right. Who's your number three? If Auburn can go out and just get somebody, who's your number three on the list? Jalen Key. He's a safety that just entered a few days ago from UAB. He was a uh, honorable mention, all-conference USA selection. He had he was third on the team with tackles from the safety position. I like that. He can tackle in the box. He had three interceptions. He had five tackles for loss. He caused three fumbles. So, I mean, he's just very diverse – from that safety position, and I, I just like that. I, I, I think that that would provide some depth. We talked about in the A-Day game, the tackling from the safety position was a little suspect, and especially holding the edge. Yeah. So I want to see that, and maybe this is a guy that can fill that void. Yeah, and, and that those stats kind of scream nickel to me, mm-hmm. and I think that's something that this coaching staff still has questions about regarding the roster, just based on what we've heard. And to me, maybe he could fit into that role. Um, I love all of that because if you can, if you tackle that much, you feel comfortable close to the line of scrimmage. And the fact that he's forced some tackles as well means he's got some pop to him and some mm-hmm. skill. Um, I'm all about it. I'm all about it. The last UAB kid that we got was Tony Fair. He was fine. Yeah, you know, I, I think he I served his purpose. Yeah, mm-hmm. clogged up the middle for Auburn yep. and did a good yep. job. So I think if you were able to go and get a guy that had that level of impact as a DB, I would take him in a heartbeat. So I like that one. That's a good one, Daryl. Um, 
my number four on this list, as far as guys that we wish Auburn could just go get from the portal, Isaac Ukwu. I'm, I think that's how you pronounce it. His last name is spelled U-K-W-U, but he is an edge. He'd be a jack in Auburn system. Uh, from James Madison, 6'3", 260, but super, super experienced. He's played six seasons, um, and, and he missed a few years, but in 2022, he started all 11 games and uh, played defensive end, had 40 tackles, 10 tackles for a loss, seven and a half sacks. I, I like it. In the year before that, in 21, he had 43 total tackles, 16 and a half tackles for loss, nine and a half sacks. So, I mean, smaller level of competition, but the dude's done it. He's, and he's got the size. So, I think, uh, I think you know, with a guy that we're kind of asking to come in and be the number three jack, I would take that in a heartbeat. Yeah, I agree. And the line of thinking with you is going to really match up here in, in a couple of moments when I reveal my uh, number five. But I think that, you know, I like taking players that can play the jack or they can play the edge. I don't even care if they're from a group of five. I'd rather get the kid that's from a group of five that's got a lot of experience, that has played a lot of snaps, and has got some stats that you could look at. Because, look, Sunbelt football plays three or four games a year against major competition. And we do know that there's some really good athletes in the Sunbelt Conference. They, to me, they are the first school, the first conference on the outside looking in of the Power Five that's the most like the Power Five. I mean, you know, if, if you were to drop down yeah, and say they're, they're the sixth best conference, they're the sixth best conference. So, you know, with that being said, being able to put up some stats and contribute and playing a lot of reps in that conference which they just moved into, you know, or whatever. I mean, I think that bodes well. I, I really do. I think that's a good pick. I like that. Mm -hmm. All right. Who's your number four? My number four is Jaheim Thomas. Uh, you guys talked about him before, the uh, box slash edge Jack linebacker from Cincinnati. Uh, I hope that all the reports that we're hearing are the rumors that, you know, he's going to follow Fickle to Wisconsin aren't true. I love he's already been on campus. But I think he's a big-time player or potential big-time. I like his experience. I like his versatility. I like the fact that you could put him at a couple different positions on the field. You could back up a, a box linebacker. Or you could back up the edge, and he's versatile enough to move around. So I like that a lot, and uh, I do like his experience. And I know Fickle is a guy that's you know known as somebody that can develop defensive players, and so I like him. And I hope that he's, he's a kid that I would take right now. Yeah, I would take him too. And I know, I know, like I didn't specify this on the list, but like, I just don't think we're going to get him. I just don't think we're going to hit, you know, when recruits talk to journalists after their visits, like what they say doesn't really matter. But I do think how they say it matters and just kind of reading in between the lines. I think Jeffrey Lee wrote it. I mean, he said nothing. He said absolutely nothing. And I just, it just doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of energy about it. And he talked about he already visited Arkansas and it's Auburn, and then he may go to Wisconsin. And to me, it just feels like this is this is a Wisconsin get. This is this is what I feel like. It's a good point, and you know that's obviously doesn't precursor us from wanting. It's a wish list, but I think your point's taken. I I kind of felt that same thing when I heard the, the reports of how he responded in his interviews and that kind of thing. That again, it's why yeah. I, you know I kind of mentioned that early on is that I just have the feeling that he's going to go on to play for fickle in Wisconsin. Um, the only, the only saving grace we have is I hope he, he, you know, visits this weekend and it's 28 degrees. 
<laughs> yeah. And he probably will be. Yeah. And although yeah. Cincinnati's yeah. not exactly yeah. tropical, but you know, I mean, Cincinnati's not tropical. It is compared to Madison, Wisconsin. It is. It is. It it definitely is. Yeah. My number five is is a quarterback. It's um Tyler Buckner. The, the former Notre Dame quarterback. And it's not necessarily, Daryl, that I'm like super fired up about Tyler Buckner. I'm just getting impatient about the quarterback search. Right. I think that's really, I think that's really what it is. That's where I think the coaching staff has to get out in front of the fan base and just not take somebody for the sake of taking them and say, we got to have a quarterback. Yeah. We got to have a quarterback. So let's go. Because I feel like if that was the case, there were guys out there in the portal already. That, that you could have taken that I think are better than Buckner. That I like the Ben Bryant kid from Cincinnati better. I mean, there's other kids that were in the portal before, even in, like I said in the fall, that you could have taken that had better a better resume than Buckner. So if you were des- – which makes me think they're still waiting on somebody, whether that's a grad transfer kid or a kid that perhaps plays his spring game this weekend, whatever – they're waiting on somebody, or I think they would have taken somebody like Buckner of his ilk already for just the sake of taking somebody. I think there's a patience game of, I'm not taking him when I can wait for this guy to pop and take him. That remains to be seen, but I think that's right. the game plan. That's why I, you know, he, he didn't make my list. I'm not at that desperation mode yet. Yeah, because I, I think Robbie still beats him. I think yeah, Robbie I mean, beats I mean, out Tyler seven. Buckner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and the upside that Robbie represents like is far greater than I think you know what Buckner could offer. So, mm-hmm. um, but still, just I think the impatient part of me wanted to put that down there. So there you go. Who is your final person on this list? Who who do you wish Auburn just go out and grab? Steven Sings. He's a uh, defensive end, uh, also slash edge rusher from Liberty. Um, another Virginia. Product here, right from a, a, a smaller conference, 6'3, 255. Kind of matches your guy from James Madison's body type. He has seven mm-hmm. career sacks, however. He's listed as a sophomore uh, because of the COVID year. I think a guy that's been to the quarterback seven times in, you know, two and a half years or three years, I know isn't a lot, but he's still used right. to sacking the quarterback. I like his body type. I like the fact that he would come play for coaches that he had at Liberty, similar to the muskrat situation so i really like him a lot i think if we're talking about adding depth he's a guy that you can add depth with a good body type with experience and familiarity with the coaching staff but also has some nice little statistics to back it up yeah yeah any part of the liberty defensive front last year i'll take i would happily take yeah Uh, because i believe garrett knows what he's doing coach garrett knows what he's doing up front I don't think that player would necessarily be coached by Garrett the way Auburn's coaching staff is set up, but still, I would take it. I would take it in a heartbeat. So, um, you brought this up to me yesterday when mm-hmm. we were talking on the phone. AO.com put something up earlier this week, and it's like, what in the world? What in the world is going on? Daryl sounds off on that in just a second, <laughs> right here on Locked on Auburn. I want to encourage you to join the Locked On Auburn Discord. It is free. All you have to do is click the link in the episode description down below. All right, Dap. Earlier in the week, AL.com cited some study that Auburn fans or Auburn is losing. It's a shrinking fan base right. is what he said. And um, I just, I'm not buying it. 
Well, I think it's, you know, very rarely do I call out things like this. You know, we hear a lot of times in which you do clickbait and a lot of times clickbait just equates to putting out quality that you want people to, to read. And that's, you know, that's not fair. This is just to get a reaction. I have no respect for what I consider to be tabloid sports journalism. AL.com is guilty of it a lot. Okay. Um, I think they're catering or pandering to a particular fan base, but it it's really a clown show and a clown article. When you say something, you get a sports marketing firm from Samford University to do this. I don't know who they polled. I don't know who their sample audience was, but there's no way you can convince me that 950,000 Auburn fans from 2021 to 2022 jump ship. First of all, that statement in itself is unfactual. It is, it is absolutely uh, misleading because here, here's what it does to the legitimacy of the rest of the paragraphs when you put a headline like that. I am of the belief that if you are a fan, you don't jump ship that quickly when things get bad. So calling these people fans in your little clown show survey is a joke. It's not legitimate. They're not fans. They might be casual observers. They may be people that started just what? They are not fans by the definition of a fan. 950,000 Auburn fans did not jump ship, nor could possibly jump ship because of one bad year. I'm not buying it. I think it's faulty data, and it's a joke. I wouldn't line this with my dog's cage when we leave to go out of town. That's how illegitimate and a joke this is. And there's some other part. I'll let you respond to that. But there's some other parts to the article that they bury four paragraphs in. And when I announce what they say, you, it become very clear why they buried it four, four paragraphs in. No, I want you to keep going. All right. In terms of total fans lost, Notre Dame was just behind Auburn, losing more than 860,000 fans. Are, are you kidding me? You're going to get me to believe in the Easter Bunny before you're going to get me to believe between Notre Dame and Auburn, they lost almost 2 million fans. Those are two very passionate fan bases, Notre Dame and all. They're not Johnny-come-lately fans. They're not people that are bandwagon fans. They're diehards. And they're going to leave because Brian Kelly went to LSU? I mean, again, and guess who number three on the list is? Oh, by the way, Let's not put them at the headline. Let's bury them in paragraph number five because we don't want to offend our Bama fan base that reads AL.com. Alabama is three on the list, claiming they've lost 700,000 fans from 2021 to 2022. This is an Auburn podcast. I get it. But you're here to convince me that the first year that Nick Saban doesn't make the college football playoff those many dudes, Bama guys, jump ship? There ain't no way. And here's the most laughable part. This is, if I ever am down, depressed, in need of a little laughter, I'm not going to turn on a comedian on Netflix. I'm going to read this crap, this joke of, of this writer. Eight. This guy claims eight non-SEC teams, some not even in the South, were more popular than Auburn in the southern U.S. as a fan base in 2022 and goes on to list some powerhouses like Duke, North Carolina, Maryland, and Georgia Tech. Is this guy high? Are they drug testing at AL.com anymore? 
I can see why they're doing furloughs with this kind of crap. You're telling me Georgia Tech and Duke has more football fans in this part of the country than Auburn? That's a joke. That is an absolute – it's comical. And to get away with, you know, putting this out as factual, I mean – Who's doing this at Samford University? And don't they have something better to do, medical research, than this crap? I ain't by SBRnet is the name of the company that is doing this. I fully expect to see them out of business next year if they keep putting out this kind of quality crap. That's a joke. That's an absolute. You will never convince. Look, we talked about this before we, you know, hit record. I know that professional sports teams sometimes. They lose some of their fan base because of stupid decisions. I'm I'm an absolute testament to that. The Pittsburgh Pirates lost so many people as far as fandom and goodwill because the owner refuses to spend. And there's there's a visible proof of that. Mm-hmm. Spend the ballpark, and you'll see it. It's half right. empty. Go look at Auburn and Jordan Hare against Texas A&M last year and tell me they lost 950,000 fans. you got to be kidding. That's a joke. Right. That is a joke. There's no way to track it. There's no accurate data. There's no legitimate – and in the legitimacy of that, look, if these people really did jump ship, they're posers. They weren't fans. They were college football enthusiasts that just liked Auburn's orange and blue uniforms and then jumped shit when Potato Man got there. I guess that's what it is. But this is not – they're not fans. I wouldn't call them fans for nothing. The fans, Auburn fans, are more like Premier League soccer fans and diehard NFL fans that I've ever seen. They live and die. They get angry. They get emotional. They care, but they don't leave. And this is a joke for even suggesting that. (sighs) <sighs> All right. You feel better? I feel a ton better. Thank you for letting me have that cathartic response. I haven't had that kind of outburst since the potato posse was roaming the sidelines in October. Yeah, sure. No, I, 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 it seems like you feel lighter now. So that's but good. Now, I, I do want your take. I am interested your response to that. I, I, mean, I don't think I can really add anything, Daryl. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I looked at it um, and I, I, I think you nailed it. I, I think the fa- the the biggest thing is like the fact that they said more Duke and Georgia Tech fans were in the, Maryland as well. It's like what well, that doesn't even make sense. That doesn't no. even make sense. So it yeah, doesn't. no, I, I'm with you. I'm totally with you on all that. Daryl, how can people find you here? You love and if you liked that, let us know in the comments or give Daryl some love in the Discord because I thought that was great. Yeah, you can find me in the Locked On Auburn Discord. I love interacting uh, with our listeners and viewers. DAP sixty four ten. On uh, a variety of just appearances throughout the week on different radio shows that are fortunate enough to jump on. But if you want to interact, those are the ways to do it. And love coming on here every week, even though we haven't had reaction shows. It's just been cool to still yeah. be able to chat it up with you every week. You can find me on socials at Z Blackerby. You can find all my written work at AuburnDaily.com. And we will see you tomorrow. This has been Locked On Auburn. <laughs>